following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Entertainers are here. I am the heel, the seal, the deal, the villain. Stay chilling. The anti-hero of the eyes of the sea. Your boy, Mr. Rated R. And our third man on the broadcasting team. He is the announcer of the L. Oh, C. He put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yeah. Oh, yo, yo, I can't do the yeah <laughs> for that long, but. Okay. Yeah, that was a long, that was a long, uh, yo. Yo. That was, that was long. I didn't think he was ever going to end. <laughs> that, that's what she said. I was like, Jesus Christ. I almost like, I was, I was very concerned for Leo. I'm like, God, take a breath, please. <laughs> you, but you know, going back to like the early days of Lucha Outsider show, Leo, his um, what do you call that? His falsetto would be like, falsetto. it would be pretty, pretty up there, man. He yeah, would yeah. just be going and going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, I mean, that's that's some talent right there, Leo. <laughs> there you go, Leo. Pretty... There yeah, you go. Ooh, at least I'm good at something. Yeah. Leo, Leo, how are you, bro? <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good here. Finally, uh, watching some wrestling live. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things are going on, you know. Enjoying, and yeah, thank God, uh, Ric Flair didn't die. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Ryan, I would feel very, very weird to ask you how are you doing. So the only thing I'm going to say is that I love you, bro. Leo loves you. I know you're going through some things. It's not my place to say anything, but listen, I'm here for you, and I'm just happy that you're here, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, if you know, you know, Um, but I'm not going to get into it either. But yeah, a lot's been going on in my life. Um, But yeah, you know what? This is a good distraction, so there was no way I was not going to be down to do a show today. Um, so I'm glad I'm here too, and uh, yeah, let's 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 go, let's baby. Get right. Let's talk some wrestling. All right, let's talk some wrestling. But Practice first, time. but first, it's hashtag Rebel time. Oh shit! You have a green one. It fades into the back. Ah man, that tasted amazing. That was a good sip right that there. That was a good. <laughs> Ooh, I got my, I know I got my brisk iced tea. You oh, you can't <laughs> you go know? wrong with brisk. Can't, can't go wrong with brisk. Remember the brisk commercials with like clay and shit? Yeah, hell yeah. The Remember? claymation. The claymation. There you go. The claymation. <clears throat> All right, guys, let's get started. Let's talk about the summer of slams and that summer slam. <laughs> Dude, I love this show so much. This show was great. I think it's like maybe just like a notch underneath WrestleMania this year. But I thought SummerSlam was an amazing show. Yeah, man, it's the uh, it's the new era. It's the new regime. It was the first 
real show for Triple H, uh, you know, post Vince McMahon, you know, the first pay-per-view. And, of course, you know, the card was set a long time ago you right. know, when Vince was still around. So not much you could do to change up the card. But, man, it definitely delivered. And I knew it would, you know, as much as, like, you look at this card on paper, it's like, well, we've seen a lot of these matches before. But you knew these these men and women would go out there and show up and show out. That's exactly what they did. And we got so many different surprises and uh the main event was just off the charts and just so many great moments. So, yeah, I mean, SummerSlam 2022 is going to be a memorable one for a lot of different reasons. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I really enjoyed it. So I want to talk about the atmosphere first and uh, just the look of SummerSlam. First of all, I was in Nashville. Listen, just looking at the amount of people I know that were out there and just seeing like their their videos and their stories of them out in Nashville, not just for SummerSlam in general, but you know for Starcast, you know GCW ran some shows. I think there was like a New Japan Strong show also. Black Label Pro ran as well. Then you had the Ric Flair's last match that happened Sunday. Overall, that whole weekend felt kind of like a WrestleMania esque yeah. type weekend with a lot going on, especially with Starcast and some of like the the stage shows that Conrad was putting on with like Johnny Gargano and Cesaro, Page, so many others. GCW had a show Friday night. It was a uh, GCW versus uh, the People, I think it was it was called. Uh, one of the main matches was uh, John Moxley defending his, the GCW World Championship against Blake Christian. Uh, sh that show was great. That show was great, too. I ended up watching it late uh, Friday night when I got home from work. Overall, the atmosphere in Nashville was just amazing. I wish I could have been there. It kind of gave me like a New Orleans-type vibe to it. That's the, the yeah. vibe I got. But um, specifically SummerSlam, the look of SummerSlam, the, the, the atmosphere there, I thought the crowd was great. And the, 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 the presentation of like the, the entranceway um, to, to the actual ring it was nothing crazy, but it looked dope. It, it looked was unique. Simple. It was very simple, yes. but it kind of had like a unique tone and look to it. Simple but effective. Yeah. Well, what did you thought yeah. of the of kind of like the the stage aspect of it and the, just the environment in general? Yeah, I thought it looked great on TV, and I, I agree with you. I I really like. So if they're gonna do stadium shows for like SummerSlam and things like that, you know, stadium shows, in my opinion, should have always just sticked just should have been just WrestleMania, you know, just keep it at WrestleMania to be at, in that big stadium. But I understand why they do it now, you know, sell more tickets and stuff like that, make more money. They do it for the Saudi Arabia shows too. But I like how they have that small entranceway for something like SummerSlam because it, it makes it feel different than WrestleMania. You don't got a huge stage, you know, with everything that says SummerSlam on it. Like uh, it keeps it like, you know, kind of unique. And uh, yeah, I think, like I said, I thought the presentation looked really, really good um, on TV. I mean, that, that, that entranceway was huge. I mean, yeah. it was a really, really long walk the to the fact, ring. The fa and we're going to start with talking about this match, the Bianca and Becky match. But the, come on. Are you really going to make Bianca fucking skip and twirl her hair throughout the whole entrance all, all ramp? The way was that necessary? Was yeah. that necessary? Yeah, I know. I thought of that, too. I'm like, oh, my goodness. she's. She, but I mean, She was just going and going. <laughs> Yeah, she's a freak athlete, so she's not going to get winded from from you know just skipping to the ring. But I mean, if <laughs> either me or you or, or Leo <laughs> yeah, yeah. wanted to skip to the ring, my God, I would have been winded halfway through. I wouldn't even have made it to the ring. Imagine Leo doing there. like the yell throughout the whole entire yeah, entrance yeah. way yeah. while he's walking. I'll, I'll get winded just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about this match: Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Technically, it's three, but I'm counting it more as two because the first one I don't count, which was like a summer yeah. slam a year ago. 
I thought this match was good. I don't think it was better than their WrestleMania match, but the match was really good. And Becky Lynch ended up having like a separated so shoulder early on in the match, and she still like kept going. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, props to Becky. That's uh, you know, she's got heart. That's for sure. Um, she's tough as nails. I didn't even know where that spot even occurred. To be honest with you, I didn't even notice anything like any blip or anything. Um, so she really sold it pretty well and kept it hidden. And kudos to her for finishing that match. But I agree with you. It wasn't better than their WrestleMania match, and that's okay because you know it's hard to replicate. Like you know, it, it, when when they always do a rematch like this, it's hard to always top the first match. Um, that was the case here, but I thought they really put on a banger, and um, it was a great way to open up the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I especially I think one of our biggest criticisms about Becky Lynch in the last like year or so, give or take, has been like this presentation of like big time Bex and just like the outrageous like outfit she's been wearing but if you noticed we all noticed it after the the bianca and becky match becky went in the ring and shook her hand so you know we finally got the face turn i don't want to get into what happened at raw just yet but now we got becky lynch back and just based on what we saw on monday night raw we have the man back because she changed her twitter handle to the man which is something that we've been wanting for so long because this version of Becky yeah. has not been working. Uh, when you was gone uh, in the last episode, we had uh, Brady from the heel marks over, and he made a really, really good comparison. I'm gonna, and I'm going to throw the comparison at you. He said, look at Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, throughout his entire career, he's had so many different monikers, not necessarily gimmicks, but he's always calling himself different nicknames, right? To this day, you know, with the Wizard, the Demo God, um, you know, Le Champion, et cetera, right? Nobody really remembers or nobody ever talks about when Chris Jericho was calling himself the king of the world, right? Like, nobody mm -hmm. ever talks about that. There was, like, a, a point in his career, like, I think it was, like, 2002, 2003, that he kept on saying himself he's the king of the world, right? Nobody ever talks about that because it was just not that memorable, right? Brady was saying, like, this might be Becky's king of the world run, which is not that memorable because, like, the, 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 stick, the, the gimmick wasn't really sticking, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hey, she, she tried to make it work. You know, she mm -hmm. was, she ran with what she was given, um, you know, and I, I wouldn't say she did a terrible job with it. Um, it just, like you said, it just wasn't really uh, like the audience just, I feel like didn't really resent her the way, like it, it was, it was, it was like more of go away heat instead of like actual like heel heat in, in my opinion i mean i, I kind of got sick and tired of seeing becky on my tv at one point and i hate how i say that because i always loved becky lynch right. but she was just really cringe on television man that the character just wasn't working for me um so yeah i'm happy she's back to being a baby face back to being the man that's that's the best version of becky lynch and that's how they should utilize her uh you know she some people are just meant to be baby faces and some people are just always meant to be heels and sometimes when you you switch it just doesn't really work like johnny gargano is a good example of that now he plays the heel character pretty well but in my eyes he's always going to be a baby face. right he's he's a better um, face than a heel yeah and that's the same case with becky lynch so yeah i'm glad to see her turn baby face again it's it's been long overdue not only that but the fans never wanted to boo becky to begin with yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, as after the run she had, um, you know, and then going away and then coming back, like, I mean, yeah, how are we, how are you going to bring her back and then expect us to, and, and then turn her heel and just expects us to boo her, you know? Uh, it's just, I don't know. So after the match and after the handshake, uh, 
Bianca was celebrating in the ring. We hear Bailey's music. Now, this is this was very predictable, right? I think Bailey making her return at SummerSlam, I think a lot of people called it. And, you know, it's it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like a surprise, but we wanted it so bad. Bailey got a great ova- ovation. She was dressed in all white. But then she had a fat ass. <laughs> what happened? What was that? No, Wait. Man, no, what no, happened, no. Leo? I said she had a fat ass. Yeah. Uh, Big booty Bailey. Put my volumes up, Leo. <laughs> okay. So what we didn't expect was then another song hit, and it was Dakota Kai. I did not see this one coming at all whatsoever. Dakota came out looking more gorgeous than ever. And then we had Io Shirai, who now now her name is Io Sky, I think is, is her new, new name now, which is whatever. I don't think the name change was necessary, but whatever. It's not a not necessarily a terrible name. And now we have like this new stable. I don't know what to call them. I don't know if they have like a name yet. So for now, I'm just gonna call them the Bailey Combat Club. But <laughs> yeah, we have this new stable. Nat there they attacked Becky Lynch on Monday night, and now Bianca's having a feud with them and you know, with these rumors coming out of a possible Sasha Banks and Naomi return, I wouldn't be surprised if they side with Bianca to kind of go at these this trio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, so this women's division, man, holy cow. It's uh, it's it's crazy how stacked it is now. And again, if you give these women opportunities and you book it correctly, man, this is this could be be one of the best women's divisions in all of wrestling. And now with Triple H at the helm, man, I strongly believe we could possibly see that. Yeah, I mean, Bailey coming back, I'm so happy to see her back. It feels like she's been gone forever. I mean, it's it's crazy how long she's been out for. Um, and then Dakota Kai, I love how this just was not leaked on any of the dirt Nothing. sheets or whatever. Nothing. Nobody saw it coming. It was awesome. Um, you know, I didn't even recognize the music at first um, just because, you know, it's been so long. Right. Um, and then, you know, she comes out. I'm like, oh, my God. And then, yeah, EO, too. I mean, there was rumors of her leaving recently, right. too, uh, right. that she had, like, two feet out the door or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I guess Triple H getting in there, he just basically <laughs> called, he has all of his NXT, you know, kids on speed dial, you know, called Dakota right Man. away, you know, talk and, about the uh, landscape of WWE just changing within the matter of two weeks. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, this and listen, we didn't even get to raw or SmackDown right. yet, but it's just like, what a freaking week it's been for Triple H and his NXT kids and, and, and his children. Um, you love to see it, man. And I, the fact that Dakota Kai and EO are going to get a fair shot now on the main roster, because you know they're going to get a fair shot. It's not like they called them up and Vince is still running the show right. where they're just going to get buried and, and chase the 24-7 title in about a few weeks, you know? Triple H is going to actually do something with these women, and I'm really excited for it. And like I said, this women's division is 10 times more interesting than it was before SummerSlam even went on the air. So it's crazy. So with now Triple H at the helm, and I know Triple H is going to do right, just not only for his NXT kids, but just in general, like just the the landscape of WWE, right? And we could point out certain things that's happened this past week that you're seeing like, okay, the presentation has been different, but they made an announcement on Friday night about the the return of attack of the women's tag team tournament. The the tournament that we didn't get like two months ago. Now we're finally gonna get it now. And mm. I know some people are down on like the, the women's tag division, rightfully so. But now with Triple H in charge, I think there's potential to make right by it. And if I had the pen, this is just me, okay, I would have Dakota and EO win the whole thing. And after they win the titles, 
I would have the lights go out. You hear the beginning of Naomi's theme, and then it switches to Sasha Banks' theme, and now they come out with their sets of tag titles. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I assume that Sasha and Naomi are, are on their way back. And I'm glad. About, I'm happy about that because I know there's a lot of people that wanted them in AEW, especially Sasha Banks. But I don't know. You know, I just feel like WWE is a good spot for both of them. Me too. And, I agree. Um, you know, just now with Triple H being in there, um, you know, he's going to obviously book the tag titles, hopefully the right way. I so, so finally, Sasha and Naomi will get what they want. Um, and yeah, I mean, I like that idea a lot where they bring in their titles um, after EO and uh, Dakota or whoever else wins the tournament. Because, you know, I'm actually curious to see how many tag teams they even have in this tournament because there's not many women's tag teams. So, Unless they just throw a bunch of women together, um, which I guess they were going to have to do. Right. But, um, yeah, hey, listen, like in Triple H, we trust, man. Like I Paul trust, trust baby. I and really, Paul really trust, feel man. like he's got stuff up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited for it. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to see the tag titles are going to be coming back. And, uh, like I said, finally, maybe they'll be utilized the right way, the way they were supposed to be utilized in the first place. I agree 1,000%. I want to talk about Logan Paul and The Miz because I know a lot of people don't like Logan Paul. And I'm not saying I'm like a fan of the person Logan Paul. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But there's no denying that this guy fucking gets wrestling, bro. And not only that, he's pretty good in the ring, too. He gets it from an entertainment standpoint. He puts in the work in the ring, and I understand the people that don't like him as a person. I understand all that. But just because we we have to learn, okay, and I and I know it's hard, especially in the climate that we're in, in, in like nowadays, right, in the last like 10 years, right, uh, give or take. The climate is like, if you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. I don't care how good you are at this and whatever, right? But at times, for our own enjoyment, right, so we can enjoy certain things, we need to separate reality and entertainment at times when it comes to entertainment logan paul is it bro yeah i, I listen i was never the biggest fan of of the paul brothers me you know? either. they're just like you know to me they're they're two loudmouth conor mcgregor wannabes oh, you know just trying to run in their mouth and that's how they you know that's how i guess you know good for them that's how they make their money and stuff like that by you know being the way they are um but listen i mean those two guys you know I don't think many people know the backstory between them, how they started like on YouTube, you know, putting out YouTube videos. They were YouTubers for a long time. And the fact that they just turned themselves into huge mainstream, I guess you could call them mega stars at this point, you know, um, is pretty incredible. Now, I'm not, you know, Jake Paul, you know, that's Logan's brother. He's he's still an ass. In my he's, a, he's an idiot. He's yeah, a, he's he's a great a, a idiot. idiot. And absolutely. And, I, and Logan Paul. Too. I mean, let's be, he's an idiot as well, but I am actually a fan of Logan Paul now because I just respect the hell out of him. He puts in the work. He takes it serious. He enjoys it. Like you said, he's really freaking good at what he does. Um, and after SummerSlam, I don't know if you saw this, he posted a video 
uh, where he said that he believes that he found his calling and he mm-hmm. signed a multi-event deal, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the previous deal was, mm-hmm. um, but now he wants to do more events. He wants to travel the world more. So I guess maybe he could be featured on live events right. or he could um, he maybe go to the UK overseas, right, like right, right. need like a, a big star on one of those shows or something like that. Um, cause I'm sure like before this, he was probably just going to do, you know, your WrestleManias, your SummerSlams, the Royal Rumbles and things like that. But now he might want to do more and Hey, hats off to the guy he's putting in the freaking work. This is yep. not just a celebrity that's just coming in here just for the paycheck and just to, to, you know, just to be on the show, just for the hell of being on there. Like he actually cares about being good and devoting his life to being a professional wrestler. And how could anybody not respect that? So, yeah, I mean, between him and uh pat mcafee and bad bunny i mean like jesus like these celebrities that they're bringing in you know a lot of people like to talk shit about WWE bringing in too many celebrities and i'm one of those people but hey if they're actually putting the work and they're pretty good i don't mind it right right because like guys like pat mcafee bad bunny and logan paul they are putting in the work and they're succeeding by i mean like they're, six, they're, they're surpassing, like, anything that anybody could have ever even imagined. Like, and they're, you know, Pat McAfee hasn't been doing this for that long. Logan Paul just started. I mean, his first match was just a few months ago at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You'd think these guys have been wrestling for years, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it's exciting, man. Like, I'm curious to see what Logan Paul does from here on out. You know, I thought the match with The Miz was very good. Of yep. course, working with The Miz, you know, I mean – you're not gonna have a bad match with the Miz. The guy has been here for how many years? 10, 15 years, probably longer than that. And uh, the guy's a workhorse. He knows what he's doing in there. So he was the perfect, perfect one-on-one opponent for for Logan Paul. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens going forward, man. It's uh, I never thought I'd say it, but I'm a Logan Paul fan now. I, I, you know, speaking of the Miz too, you know, we gotta give credit to the Miz as well on how good he is too. Because like, yeah, look at what he's doing for Champa. The who would ever thought like this little association that Ciampa has with Miz and grant the now triple H of the helm is only like elevating that as well. But like, man, it just, you know, he, he's putting, he's giving, it's like him Ciampa being with the Miz right now is putting the the spotlight on Ciampa to talk more to mm-hmm. like, for the people that didn't watch NXT or know nothing about like the, the stuff Ciampa did with Gargano, et cetera, in NXT, he's putting the spotlight on Ciampa mm-hmm. And like Champa is like getting this momentum, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he and listen, Champa. I know he's been in the game for for years now. I mean, he's he, he's no rookie. He's he's a he's a veteran, but he's not a veteran when it comes to working WWE main roster. The right. Miz is right, so I'm sure he's absorbing so much knowledge from Miz mm-hmm. too. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I hated the pairing at first, but I think eventually he's gonna you know Tur- get yeah, away it's from- gonna lead to his turn, <laughs> right? Yeah, especially now with Triple H in there. I mean, right. we already seen how much he's pushing Ciampa from right. this past Monday. So, like, Ciampa's going to be uh, a pretty big star. But, yeah, working with The Miz, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely not a bad thing. And like you said, I think we should give The Miz his flowers because, uh, you know, I'm one of those people, too, that, like, cringes when he's in world title matches. When he cashed in the, uh, when he won the world title recently, what, last year, mm-hmm. I was one of those people that was just, like, sick to my stomach. But at the same time, it's like, man, like, the dude is – I mean, we're lucky to have The Miz, you know? Right. We really are. He's a great, great talent. Uh, let, me, let me tell you something. When Miz took the briefcase from Otis, I was so fucking happy. I'm like, yeah, this yeah, is the yeah. I mean, this is the Mr. Money in the Bank that we need right now, not that guy. 
that always, yeah. I just can't, yeah. can't do it, can't do it. All right, um, the Mysterials versus Judgment Day, it was like a no DQ tag match. I think the biggest thing coming out of today, it was a cool match, it was, but it was nothing special. It was a cool match, mm-hmm. but the biggest takeaway from here was the return of Edge, and listen, Edge is my guy. I love me some Edge, okay? But something does not hit the same out the long yep. hair okay that's yep. just me yep. it just it feels weird like and i'm not saying he looks bad with a haircut it's not that he does not look bad with a haircut but to me i don't see rated r superstar ultimate opportunist every single moniker you could think of with edge without edge having some length in his hair and i thought right because when he first cut it he had some length to it. It was short, but there was still some mm-hmm. length. I'm thinking like, okay, it's been like a month and some change now. It probably grew a little bit. If I could still get like something, something, maybe a little bit of hair in the face, I'm like, okay, I could deal with that because he's going to continue letting it grow, right? Mm-hmm. No, this guy cuts it, off, cuts it off even more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, hey, if he likes it that way, like who are we to judge? But it just, I, I'm with you 100%. It just doesn't hit the same. And I'm actually glad that he got his old theme song yeah, back me too. on raw me too. me too because at SummerSlam, it was did something not else it was like a mixture yeah. of like brood with some vocals or something and i'm just yeah when he comes out with the brood look i mean yeah it's definitely cool the presentation of you know his the entrance and everything but again that's not the edge i want to see and i had an argument with one of my friends um about it and he's like well you know like we had like 10 years of like the radar superstar edge and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, but like, I want that back. Like we're only on a limited time schedule with edge now, right? Like he's only back for a certain amount of time. I assume because he's, he's getting up there in age. So why waste his last run or however long? Why waste your hair and cutting it off? (laughs) (laughs) Why waste it on this brood character? So I'm glad they went back to the old theme song, but now Please bring the hair back. That's that's the next thing. That's like you know how, it's maybe not at extreme, but that's like I can't picture Shawn Michaels without hair. And I know everybody makes a big yeah. deal with Shawn Michaels. Like, oh well, he was balding. Still, he had the ponytail. You know what I'm saying? He had yeah. a ponytail still. Still, that's Shawn Michaels to me. I don't care if he was balding. He had a ponytail. When he shoved it all off, I'm like, oh, that's oh, not Shawn Michaels. That's not even. And then he wrestled. He wrestled. Oh. Yeah, that that scarred me for life. That image of Shawn Michaels like that—that that was not Shawn Michaels. That, no, opinion. I refuse to believe Shawn with, Michaels. The same thing happened, but I'm used to it now. But like with Triple H too, when he first cut off his hair, I was like, "What the hell is yeah, this but, shit?" Yeah, but he I, looks I'm like but, you know, but, yeah. he looks good bald though. He could pull yeah, off the bald look. Yeah, right, right. No, he's yeah, he he's he's good with the way he's you know uh, he looks now. But yeah, those two especially, Edge, I mean, because Edge is still wrestling. And, you know, Shawn Michaels, I don't really see him too much anymore. You know, he, he usually he does wear the, the hat all the time right. still. But yeah, just uh, those are the two guys that I just can't get over with short hair. I just, I, I can't. It just doesn't do it for me. <sighs> yeah, dude. I, I don't know. I'm, let's just hope that he's going to let the hair grow back. Let's just hope for that. I hope so. I hope, I hope so. Give me some length. You know, it can even be like length like mine's. Like, give me something. Right, here. right. It something. doesn't have to be down to his right, right, shoulders. Right. Just, give just, you know, just give me something. Give me something. Give me something. Yeah, yeah. Now, not this clean cut edge yeah, where no. he's got, you know, that. The, oh, no, 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 no. Not working for me. It's <laughs> like so disgusting. I really, dude, I really was. I was just like, ay, ay, ay. Like, <laughs> just can't get over it, man. I just can't. Uh, Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Listen. I think out of all Pat McAfee matches, I think this was the one that had a little bit of missteps in it. But, but I still thought the match was entertaining. And 
The only thing, my only pet peeve about this, and it wasn't even necessarily the match. I know due to rights, it's kind of hard. But listen, this new theme that Pat McAfee has, don't give me that bullshit. Don't give me this watered-out thing. Give me White Stripes, fucking Seven Nation Army. Give me that shit. I, maybe yep. you pay the rights fee one time for the pay-per-view, and then when you have it on a network, right. you dubbed it, dubbed it with something else. Give me that. I'll be okay with that. Whoever wants to go watch the match back, I don't think they're going to give a shit if they hear like some dubbed music. But for these pay-per-views, give me Seven Nation Army, okay? Yeah, and even if it's not Seven Nation Army, they could have came up with a better theme song than this. I mean, let's be honest. It's just, uh, I don't know what the hell this is. Uh, but I do. I did like the uh, <laughs> the chorus, um, you know, singing the bum-ass Corbin thing or whatever they did in the in the beginning. Uh, I did like that. I thought that was funny. And I agree with you, too. The, the match didn't hit the way I thought it was going to hit. Definitely Pat's weakest match so far um, in WWE. And, you know, he had a couple of mishaps. You know, I think he almost slipped on the top rope um, and things like that. So, and I think he even said in the backstage, um, you know, interview that he had uh, that, you know, he, he knew it was rough out there. But, you know, he got through it. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't know. Maybe it was just uh, the dynamic of him and Corbin really just maybe the chemistry wasn't there. I don't know. The match just didn't hit the way I thought it was going to hit. And I was really looking forward to it because it had a good backstory. It had a good build. Yep. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a terrible match by any means. But after it was over, I was like, eh, you know, that, that wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Usos versus Street Profits for, like, the 18th time. But still, yeah. the match delivered 1,000%. I don't need to see these two teams ever wrestle again. I think mm. the bigger story here is, like, ultimately the Usos go over. But now, what's the story they're telling with the Street Profits? They keep on, like, teasing not necessarily like they're teasing in a way where like we're never going to break up we love each other too much but that to me tells me like ultimately is going to lead to a turn i don't yeah i kind of I mean, have mixed I, feelings about it because i think when we look at both of them we're like okay montez is the Shawn michaels of the two right there's not taking anything away from uh from dawkins but when you look at both of them you know who's gonna be the a guy right but like i kind of part of me it's like, do we need like the turn? Do we need the breakup? Why, why can't we get like kind of like a, like we're still good with each other, like the new day, right? We're still cool, but we're not gonna be for anything. Like I'm gonna do my own thing, and you know, if I you need backup, I got you. Something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think we see that enough. Everything's always got to be like you got got to turn. The guy has to turn. They have to break up. I just don't know why they just can't go their own separate ways either without, you know, just without having issues with each other. I agree 100%. I wouldn't break up this team either because, listen, if you break them up, they don't have any tag teams to begin with. And I, I don't want to see them in the tag title picture anymore either. But, I mean, at least, you know, if you're going to have a tag team match on television, you know, you got to have the Street, street Profits featured every now and then. Like, I just feel like breaking them up is just not the smart thing to do. I was actually surprised that they didn't win the titles um, off the Usos. I know the Usos are on one hell of a run right now, and they probably won't drop the belts until Roman drops his. But I don't know. There was part of me that was just, like, thinking that the Street Profits were going to get the win. And and I don't know. I guess I was – maybe I'm the only one that was really surprised about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the match, of course, it was great. These two teams, they know each other like the back of their hands. They could, they could wrestle blindfolded and have a five-star classic. Um, I don't think it was as good as the Money in the Bank match that they had. No, Money in the Bank matches I added was like top the, notch. That yeah, match I, mean, that I was, added to my list. Like that's how good that yeah. match was. Yeah, but it was definitely a good match. Right, and right. you know, just nothing, nothing too fancy though. It was a good match. 
ends with the Usos winning, and it, you know, that was that. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Street Profits moving forward, but I would not turn, I would not have them turn on each other. And uh, you know, until Montez Ford is really ready to become our top star, I wouldn't even rush it because right now I just don't see where he fits in, like in the main event scene right now. You know, I don't think the timing's right. So. I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on, but I, I wouldn't do anything rational right now, you know? Back on the Usos topic, they keep on telling this story on SmackDown where, like, Sami Zayn is, like, their lackey. I wonder yeah. if this leads to, especially with like, the lack of tag teams, but now we have Triple H on, you know, leading the charge. You know, I would love to finally see a Kevin Owens-Sami Zayn tag team run, and maybe they're the ones that dethrone the Usos for those tag titles. It's an interesting idea for sure. I mean, hey, look, what's Sami Zayn doing? What's Kevin Owens doing? Hey, I mean, listen, with Triple H involved, I I think you know a Kevin Owens push is definitely should be in the cards. Uh, but I mean, God, I actually saw a tweet that said Kevin Owens hasn't held a singles championship since 2017, the United States Championship. 2017. You know what year we're in right now? We're in 2022. I mean, really? That's insane. That is nice. absolutely mind-blowing, just insane. Like, unbelievable. Like, I can't even get over it. That's been that long already. It's crazy. It's long overdue. This man needs something. And I think I think he's hurt right now, right? I think he's yeah. out um, dealing with some injuries. Now, or whatever, granted, but... he got that WrestleMania main event of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nobody's ever going to yeah. take that away from him. But this man deserves a championship. Yeah, and he's had great, like, feuds with Roman Reigns, you know, over the past, you know, few years and stuff like that. He's definitely, like, been relevant. He's been on TV, but, like, it's time now to give this man another championship run. I mean, come on. I'll tell you what, though, and not saying that I would have want them there, but if he went to AEW, championship guaranteed, okay? Because there's a plethora of championships in AEW and Ring of God, Honor. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> in hindsight, looking right. back No, no, on, no, no, no. He made the right choice. Kevin Owens. Right. Yeah, right. He made the right I don't choice. think anybody who was, like, wanted him in AEW at the beginning of the year, oh. I think everybody's satisfied with him staying in WWE, right. especially now. Don't, because, get me wrong. It, it, don't get me wrong. It was fun, like, the teasers, like, that they kept on throwing back at each other with, like, the Mount yeah. Rushmore stuff. And don't get me wrong. But, like, ultimately, I think most of them knew that he was not going to leave WWE. Yeah, yeah, he's that's the best spot for him now, and especially again, he's a he's a Triple H guy. Um, you know that said bodes well for his you know future. And and listen, I'm not even he needs a championship. I don't care if it's the United States Intercontinental or tag titles, but I think a world title run too, another one would be really awesome, and that's well overdue too. So you know, I think uh, I think it definitely should be in the cards somewhat soon, hopefully. All right, controversial, not necessarily the match, but the ending. How is Liv Morgan defending her women's championship against Ronda Rousey? <sighs> I this this finish is really hurting Liv, man. This yeah. finish hurt Liv. I feel I, I wish they would have went another route. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Maybe Liv could have won by like if you wanted to give like kind of like a a defeat to Ronda, maybe they could have went in a direction where because like ultimately when you saw the the ending. It, it led to, I guess, a Ronda heel turn in theory, right? right? Like, that's what they wanted. Maybe you could have just had, like, live win by DQ. Like, Ronda just goes nuts, and that leads to ultimately, like, the heel turn. Because now, you know, fast forward to SmackDown, man, I, I felt bad for Liv because, like, the crowd, some part of the – and I, granted, I don't know where they were at on, on Friday, yeah. but some of the crowd was, like, shitting on Liv or whatever, and it's like, yo, like, come on, like, I don't know. It just didn't sit well with me. Like, like we cheered for this girl 
after Money in the Bank, everybody was happy after she won the title, and everybody was like scared that they were going to take the title like quickly from her, like she was going to be like a transitional champion or something, right? And due to you know a fagazi finish that we got a SummerSlam, now like everybody's like not everyone, let me not say that, but a portion of the audience is turning on Liv. Yeah, yeah, it was a clunky finish. It, it makes Liv look very weak, you know. Uh, it makes her look like she doesn't deserve the championship. Um, I just feel like a simple roll up, like out of nowhere, like, uh, she surprised Rhonda. She rolled her up and that was that. And then you could still do the Rhonda heel turn afterwards. Cause Rhonda's frustrated, you know, um, that's what I wanted from when Nikki, uh, Nikki cross was the champion last year. Please. And, you know, <laughs> I wanted her to retain the championship, you know, have a decent run with it for maybe, you know, a few title defenses just by like rolling up like Charlotte or Rhea Ripley, whoever she was feuding with just roll along out of nowhere and to like where like charlotte and you know Rhea like couldn't like they just couldn't like prepare for the roll-up because it comes out of nowhere when they least expected like something like that i would have liked to see like lib just rolls up ronda and there's something that she like didn't see coming or something like that i don't know there's ways around this it's pro wrestling but the way they went about it where they had her you know pinning ronda but she's also tapping at the same time it just, like you said, it didn't do her any favors. And we saw we saw proof of that on SmackDown when fans are, you know, chanting, you tapped out and, and Booner. And again, I just, it's just an example of like, and, and again, this is on Triple H. I mean, this was his call. Um, so like, I don't know. I just, it's like you had something good there. What a great moment for Liv. We were all so happy for her. And then it's like, you're, you're butchering it, you know, <laughs> less than a month later, you're already ruining it. So, I don't know, man. I mean, we'll see. I mean, now she's facing Shayna Baszler. Like, you, you look at this, if you're looking at it realistically, it's like, you know, Liv doesn't stand a chance against any of these opponents. I mean, you know, you'd think Shayna Baszler would go over Liv, right? But you, listen, I man, don't know. Listen, when I saw Shayna, first of all, when I was watching, I skimmed through SmackDown yeah. uh, this past Friday, but when I was watching this, uh, what do you call it, the gauntlet match that they had, I I want Shayna to win, okay? I'm a, I'm a big Shayna guy. When she won the match and she gave that look to Liv, I'm like, you know what? Triple H is running the show and Shayna yeah. is an NXT kid. Listen, if there's any moment, and I'm not saying that I want Liv to drop the title and then be completely out of the picture. That's not what I'm saying. But if there's any moment to give give me Shayna from NXT, give me that version of Shayna where she was like destroying women for like two years. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to do it. Now the time to yeah. do it. Put the title on Shayna. Listen, at this point, I don't really, I never really expected Liv to have a long run, anyways. Right. And again, if if you know if if they're gonna keep making her look the way they are, where she's like tapping and she looks uh, weak, then yeah, I mean, how long is that gonna possibly go on for? You know, so it's sad. Um, I mean, nobody could take this away from Liv. She became SmackDown Women's Champ. She had a great moment. At Money in the Bank, um, it was long overdue, so nobody could take that away from her. No matter if she holds it for, you know, six months or if she drops it at the at the next show, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, it's I know. Unfortunately, I I could definitely see, could definitely see Shayna winning. Honestly, I really could. Um, like you said, she's a Triple H girl, and that's his kid from NXT. Mm-hmm. She had one of the longest running, you know, NXT Women's Championship reigns. Think so think about that. Her run in NXT. I remember that run that she had in NXT. I remember when we were doing like the Lucci. She was like easily like in the top five, maybe top four up there with women women wrestlers of like 
just in general of the year. That's how yeah. good Shayna was in NXT. Yeah, she was so good. She was like Asuka. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, whenever Ronda comes back, you could do a Ronda versus Shayna program, which obviously those two have the history. Right. So, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't honestly be surprised if they go in that direction. And I, you know, at this point, I I can't even say I'd really hate it, to be honest, as much as I love Liv and I don't want her to drop the belt. I can't say I would be against that totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you know what? If we're going to do this with Shayna, Triple H and Paul, we trust. Give me back her old theme song. Don't don't yeah. yeah get listen. Give me back the presentation you gave. You know, not jumping too ahead, but you gave Karrion Cross you know, his old gimmick back. You know, with his yeah. return. Give me back Shayna's old theme. Give me give me all of that. I want it all. Yeah. Give me, yeah. I mean, hey, it works. Give me SmackDown and is NXT. Give me Raw is NXT. Give me that. That's yes. what I want. Yeah, yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back, baby. Please. All right. Let's talk about this main event. Which Jesus Christ, this main event was fantastic. I added this to my list of matches of this year. Yeah. That was Lesnar, Roman, last man standing. It delivered 1,000%. It made up for whatever that we got at WrestleMania. I thought this match was amazing. I love the gimmicks they use. Even the beginning when Brock Lesnar's introducing himself and he throws the mic and Roman catches it with one hand, like with no problem, like nothing. Like, it's like, yeah, I caught it with one hand, big deal. Like, this whole match was just fantastic. Paul Heyman even took a bump. Austin Theory <laughs> gets beat up. And anytime Austin Theory gets beat up, I support it 1,000%. I thought this match was great, and even with defeat, because let's be honest here, while Roman is still our unified, undisputed champion, he got beat up majority of that match, okay? It was like 70-30. No, 74, 70, mm, like 60, 40, 70, 30, something like that, yeah. right? It was mostly all Brock, but even with defeat, Brock Lesnar still came out looking at, like a beast. And Roman is still our champion. I thought this match was great. Yeah, I mean, this is how a last man standing match should go. I mean, it was one of the best ones I've seen in quite some time, if not ever. Um, I mean, it was so good. Uh, and if this is really the last time that these two are ever going to face off, which I truly don't even believe that, uh, they could tell us that, you know, a thousand times. I still won't believe it until I actually see it. If this was their last one, they went out with a bang and they ended this God, this freaking seven, eight match long, you know, five year feud in a complete bang because they couldn't have gone out any other way. I just loved everything about it. Like, like the, the tractor spot with, you know, lifting up the ring, something we have never, ever seen. Nothing that we could have even ever imagined happening either. Because it's like, how do you realistically do that? And especially with Roman in the ring, I mean, that could have been a disaster. Luckily, everything turned out okay um, and it looked great. But my freaking goodness, um, that was an unbelievable moment. And then, yeah, like the remainder of the match after that happening on the outside by the announcer's table. I uh, give credit to Michael Cole. Oh. He was standing on commentary during the whole entire thing. Michael so funny. Cole is so great when he's not oh. being overproduced because it feels yeah. natural. It doesn't feel forced. And that's I think there's a misconception. Like, I'm not one of these people that that dislikes Michael Cole. Oh, I think he's great did. at his job. The problem is when he's overproduced, he sounds very corny, very right. Black, right. It's not his very, fault, though. It's not you know? him. That doesn't mean he's not a great broadcaster. Listen, SummerSlam, the whole broadcast, Michael Cole is fantastic. He, he was so good, and you could tell he's a little relieved, too, to yes. have the handcuffs yes. off and to be able to express his emotions in the way that, you know— like, like in the moment, you know, like that's one of the best things. You need genuine reactions. You can't just like have a robo reaction, you know, to everything. You can't be like robotic. You have to like genuinely, you know, like show, you know, 
your own emotion. And I just feel like he was getting so into it and he really enhanced that finish. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it took a lot to put count Brock Lesnar faster. down. I think that's what he was like. Can, can you just count faster? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Listen, it was awesome. It was so good. Roman hit Brock with literally everything. And that's how you make Brock look strong in defeat too, man. He literally kept getting up at the last second. Beast. Um, I mean, Beast. dude, it took a lot to put him down. So I just loved everything about it from the beginning to the middle to the end. I thought the whole entire thing was absolutely fantastic. And man, I just, you know, it's a great feeling to go off the air after like a kick-ass. Yes. Go in a kick-ass main event. Like that's, yeah. the, that's the best part about, you know, watching pro wrestling is when it goes off the air, you're like, God damn, like that was just awesome, man. Like you're on such a high and uh, I can only imagine if I was there, I'd great be walking show. out of that stadium on such, such a, a high. Great show. Great show. Yeah, and I ended up watching the show late because I had a family thing um, going on Saturday. So yeah, I had yeah. to wait because Peacock is got they're fucking terrible when it comes to replays. All right. I had to wait till like 1230 to get the replay. OK. And, and I stayed up watching it all night. But I was so like invested and entertained with the show and you know when i'm not watching something live and i don't want to get spoiled i stay away from social media like i don't go on nothing i don't go on my phone i don't go on nothing right so like i was going in there like not you know being spoiled with anything so yeah i at 12 30 at night i'm wired watching this whole show i'm like yo this show's great yeah yeah it was very it was very enjoyable and uh like i said from here on out, now we can get the real Triple H era where like oh. he's putting together the pay-per-view cards, which, I mean, goddamn, man. I mean, this is it's still crazy how this is a reality that Triple H is running the show and he's fully on, you know, the head of creative and everything. This is what we've always wanted and something that we never thought was going to actually happen, mm -hmm. especially as of late with, you know, Triple H's health issues and everything. We thought, you know, it would never be, you know, like this. So, oh, man, listen. Back to WWE is turning over a new leaf, and uh, we're gonna get some exciting programming. It just makes me really happy. Yeah, me too, bro. Me too. So we got Monday Night Raw. We also had SmackDown this week, and one thing I've noticed about both shows is like the pacing has been a little bit different or whatever. It's been very slow. Some of the changes, it's like kind of like sl slow and steady. Like we're not gonna get drastic changes right away. But like, yeah. for example, commentary. It's not overproduced anymore. It feels very natural. We, this past week, we got like a lot of wrestling, especially on Monday Night Raw. We got two amazing triple threat matches. And then we got another great match between Ciampa and AJ, whatever. Listen, as much as I love AJ, AJ's my guy, but the right guy went over, and that's Ciampa. You need, we yeah, need to absolutely. push Ciampa. And now he's going to get a match with Lashley. And listen, Lashley has been having a great run overall in the last year or two. As world champion, United States champion, his stuff with the Hurt Business that he did, you know, during, like, the pandemic era. But he doesn't need the United States title. He really doesn't, okay? Put the title on Ciampa. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. And I think I think they will. Um, I mean, that's how you build Ciampa and make him into, into a star is by having him knock off Bobby Lashley in his first opportunity here. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, in one night, like you said, I mean, the, the matches were so much better. The pacing... I mean, the whole show was revolved around the United States title. Dude, Triple H did more to bring prestige to that U.S. title in one night than Vince has done in the past, like, five years with that. I mean, he literally, the whole entire show was based around an opportunity for the United States title. I mean, everything just meant something. And it's like, you know, you're giving us a reason to watch the show. You're giving us a reason to be invested in these triple threat matches because, you know, the winner is going to face off for an opportunity at Lashley. I love that. 
just don't give me some random slop on a Monday night, which is like, you know, the 10th time I'm seeing this, the 10th straight week. You know, how can anybody even care or get invested in that? I just love it. I just and even on SmackDown, too, you saw, you know, that, you know, the number one contendership for the women's title. Again, it's like everything moving forward is hopefully going to mean something. And he's going to try and bring prestige back to these mid card titles that have just been just so underutilized for far too long. And like you said, make Raw and SmackDown must watch. And that's exactly what I feel like he's going to try and do. Yeah, it, over in SmackDown, we're going to get Nakamura versus Walter, you know, Gunther, for the IC yeah. Championship. You know, that's going to be a fucking banger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said, Triple H putting in work, man, in his first week, uh, or, you know, running the ship. And I can only imagine what it's going to look like a few months from now. So I like everything that he's doing so far. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very refreshing to see. So let's fast forward to SmackDown. The end of SmackDown, we got this Roman Reigns-Usos promo. You know, same shtick as always. You get the two commercial break entrance from Roman Reigns, which I'm all for. I support it 1,000%. And, you know, he addressed Drew McIntyre, which Drew McIntyre is going to challenge Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Unified Championship at, um, what's it, Clash of the Castle? Is that the name of the Clash of the Castle. At Cardiff? Okay, so we, we get that. And then out of nowhere, the lights dim off, and you hear carrying across his theme and you see scarlet on the stage and i'm like and the lights go off just like the nxt presentation okay same thing yeah. and i'm like get the fuck out of here that, that was like legit my like reaction get the fuck out of here boom carrying cross tackles drew mcintyre's beat the snot out of him and then you get scarlet putting the hourglass in the ring and they're both looking at roman and I thought this was fantastic. I was not expecting Karrion Cross to make his return this way. I fully support it 1,000%. And it's like, why not? If you're going to bring this guy back, okay? When he was in NXT, you looked at Karrion Cross and you're like, yo, we want to see him fight Roman. We want to see him fight Brock Lesnar. Like, that's the type of, like, aura Karrion Cross has, okay? And... They move him out to the main roster and they completely bosh the whole fucking thing, okay? Because of Vince. Now, Triple H is undoing all of Vince's mistakes and just poor booking ideas. Little by little, he brings Carrion and Scarlet back. Why not throw him in the main event picture? I'm good for that. It feels fresh. And let me tell you something. If they go through to like a triple threat direction, there's going to be a lot of man meat in that ring, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, you got that right. <laughs> I mean, dude, I saw earlier in the day that I think Fightful reported that, um, you know, they were in talks of bringing Karrion Cross back potentially. But this is just another example of something that, like, I just didn't see coming. Like, I literally was shocked when I – I didn't watch SmackDown Live. So, like, when I watched uh, – when I went on, you know, Twitter and I saw, you know, WWE post about this, I was like, holy crap, that was fast. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the whole entire thing was awesome. Like, Scarlett being back with him – huge home run like listen like that they should have never taken scarlet away from yep. him uh the with the hourglass i think i think that's brilliant i love how like like you said the whole like the the arena got dark and then the it's kind of like uh, like remember the bird and the titron you see the bird yep, like you know, like they had we didn't there. get that we didn't get that when Karen got moved up to Raw. We didn't get none of that no. presentation this was no. like the NXT presentation of Karen Cross and Scarlet 
Yeah, with the smoke and everything. Like, dude, and he looked like a badass uh, attacking Drew McIntyre. Like, he looked like a big freaking deal. And yeah, I don't hate throwing him right in the in the mix for in the main event scene at all. Like, like you said, it's refreshing. And listen, if a guy like Karrion Cross, just think about this realistically. If he's coming back to the WWE or anybody for that matter, if you're making your return. Like, why wouldn't you go for the top dog, the top title on the show? Why is he going to come back and attack Gunther? For the IC title, like why? Like who cares? You know, right? Go for Roman. Go for the top prize right off the bat. It makes perfect sense. And I don't know if they're gonna do a triple threat here, but if they do, dude, I'm all for it, man. It makes it. I mean, we've seen Roman and Drew a hundred times before, and I'm not complaining. It's been a while, so I'm actually looking forward to seeing those two together again. But if you had Karrion Cross in there, it's different, and uh, you know, it makes it that much more. That much less predictable, I guess you could say. And it makes it more interesting to watch because I want to see, you know, Karrion Cross go at it with Drew and, and Roman. I'm I'm all for it. And unlike um, you know, for shits and giggles, unlike the Shawn Michaels and Edge comparison where we don't like the different presentation. Hey, look, Karrion Cross actually looks good with hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, I dig it. I dig it. It it, it is a little odd, you know. Right, but, but it, it doesn't look it, bad. Looks yeah. no, he looks he looks fine with it, really. Right. And uh yeah. Yeah, there's, look, so there's, I don't know if you read this rumor too, but another reason why they're throwing kind of carrying cross into this like Drew and Roman story is, which we kind of predicted already a while back ago, but now I would only assume there is an actual direction for this, which relates to the realm is that they're going to separate the titles again. Yeah, yeah, I think some way, somehow, they're going to have to do that. And I, yeah, I mean, listen, you have to have two world titles. We've mentioned this before. Each network, USA and Fox, are going to want their own titles. Um, So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm sure Triple H has a decent plan that is, I would assume is going to make sense Mm -hmm. in the end. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, they'll they'll find a way to split them up. And, listen, I'm, I'm interested to see if it happens, though, at the Clash of the Castle show because, I don't know, like, if Drew wins there, it's going to be a great moment. But, like, is he... Like, I don't, and and maybe this is their way of having Drew win the title or titles. I would assume title. It has to be a title. It has to be one title. I would assume so. Maybe this is their way by adding Cross in there. You have Drew pin Cross so that you can still keep the streak alive of like Roman not being pinned for the past three years. Maybe that's what the, maybe that's the reasoning too, to add Cross into this mix. I don't know. But um, yeah, curious to see what happens from here on out. I was, like I said, I was legit shocked. Uh, to see Cross come back this fast because literally I was look just a few hours earlier I was literally reading that they were interested in bringing him back and then it's just like geez and I think he was on the Ric Flair show uh, this past weekend he's been doing a lot of indies so Dude. like the fact that he's just back like just like this like, it's like I, geez, I was like, telling I, mean, I was telling my friend this like two days ago or like yesterday I forget carrying Cross Killer Cross after he gets released by WWE this guy did shots for MLW. New mm. Japan Strong, Independence. I think he did a blood sport in there. Did Ric Flair's last match this past weekend. And then days later, he's back in the WWE. How crazy is that? It, it, it is crazy. And again, probably like last week when Vince was, you know, before Vince retired, this was not even a possibility. Of having- ah! you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see Vince on his couch right now being like, Oh, I thought I got rid of this guy. Where's his helmet? Vince, Vince. Oh, this. Oh, <laughs> the ghost of Vince. Yeah, and Vince just, Vince just took out Ryan. <laughs> he actually did. Vince took out Ryan. I don't know what happened to Ryan, but Vince just took him out. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? 
Ryan, come Congratulations. back. Congratulations. You played yourself. Come back, Ryan. I don't know. Ryan, where are you? I don't know. Hey. There he is. Hey. I'm back. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, man. The picture looks terrible on here. You look very uh, vibrant. Well, uh, you, you're okay. well, you're good. You're good. You're good. Okay, I'm good. That's all that matters. Okay. Sorry, um, I got too into it. Yeah. <laughs> Also, okay. my computer's like on the table right here. That's very like on the edge. So oh my god! Yeah, man, it's just a very excited time with this WWE product, man. And just you know, now I look forward to watching Raw. I look forward to watching SmackDown. Right. Probably you know, most likely not live, but I look forward to watching it because it's like yo, know, Triple H is doing right by his talent and just creative in general. It's exciting. I'm I'm looking forward. Like I said, I'm more. I, don't, I forget if I said this on air or off the air when we were talking before, but I said I'm more into WWE right now, like mm -hmm. WWE programming, than I am with anything else. And mm -hmm. AEW is what it is right now. You know, it's, it's you know, they're there and they're doing their thing. And I don't know, just nothing interesting is happening right now right, 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 um, right. on their side. Which so, is like, crazy because we're, we're, we're like a month away, a little less than a month away from All Out. And right. it's and like, like, and I, I and mean, listen, I'm, I, I'm sure All Out's going to be amazing, but like we're, we're less than a month away from all out and we we like we don't know what the what's going on and i guess we could transition to AEW and we'll, now but like we don't know what's going to happen in the world title picture in AEW because listen right. i know they keep like, keep on using the interim champion mm -hmm. as like for John Moxley but to me let, let, and, and i love punk okay i'm wearing a CM Punk shirt now but right the world champion is John Moxley it's not CM Punk yeah moxley's I mean, been a longer interim world champion than punk being a world champion. So in my book, John Moxley's the world champion. Yeah, this interim crap. I, I hate the interim stuff. Uh, I mean, I understand they didn't want to pull the belt off of Punk, but yeah, I mean, John Moxley's the world champ. Just call him the world champ. I hate the interim thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like CM Punk's probably not going to be back no. by All Out. And I'm actually surprised. I actually thought he was going to be ready for All Out. I really thought like he'd be rehabbing and and going, you know, full speed to be do everything he can to be ready for All Out in Chicago to have Mox versus Punk. But it seems like it's going to probably be a little bit longer so yeah i have literally have no idea about any of the directions that they're going in not just the world title picture but like anything else uh, you could probably like assume like the the small like feuds like jungle boy versus christian will probably be on that pay-per-view i know they they announced uh sammy g versus yeah, eddie uh kingston. eddie kingston yep. um i to be honest bro like i understand that like eddie and jericho were feuding and then sammy came into the picture there but i didn't even like think or even know that eddie and Sammy was that serious of a feud. I don't know if I just haven't been watching or paying that close attention. I was surprised when they announced that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, AEW hasn't been bad, but also hasn't really been like anything that interesting. So in terms of like, you know, that's why WWE right now, it's like, I can't wait to see what happens next on Raw or SmackDown and see what Triple H does next because, you know, I'm just, I'm more excited about things that are happening there. And it is, that's weird to even say, you know. The, the thing but, with AEW is it's, there, it's not that it's a bad show because even when you watch AEW, even when it's like an okay show, you're still looking forward to it and you know you're gonna yeah. get something good, right? But just nothing has really stood out like that really matters. Like I think this past week, the thing for me, my favorite part of the show was just like the the breakup of the undisputed elite when we finally got the turn from Adam Cole and mm -hmm. you know Red Dragon to the to the Bucks and then Hangman made the save like that to me was like the highlight of the show and that doesn't mean there wasn't good stuff on the show like we got that amazing you know women's tag match with um Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm versus uh 
Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. I thought that match was great. We had a great main event too with um with Wheeler Yuta and Chris Jericho. But like it feels like everything, like the feel of the show feels like very standby-ish to get to, I guess, the important stuff. Like phoning it yeah. in. Not necessarily phoning it in, but they're just kind of giving us filler right now till yeah. we start like rolling in this stuff. And it's like, give us some stuff now so then it can lead to some of the bigger stuff. Like, listen, you guys announced the trios championships, which I we we all knew it was gonna it was bound to happen sooner rather than later. But like, listen, we're less than a month away to all out. Don't you think we should have started this tournament already? Right, right. Like we have no clue. No teams, um, no nothing. You know, no nothing, right. No, I, I agree. And I think that's the biggest problem, too, is like AEW has such big gaps in between their pay-per-views. And that's why they do the theme shows. And I understand that. Uh, but there's a lot of filler in between like each pay-per-view and like some episodes. That, you know, I, I don't want to say they're mailing it in because they're not mailing it in. No. But it's just things on there that are just not really grabbing me, you know? And listen, I'm, I'm a big diehard wrestling fan. Like, of course, we both are and everything. And like, you know, we like the GCW stuff and, and things like that, too. My biggest problem, too, with AEW is the constant bringing in outsiders, too, and having these random matches. Like, we had uh, Mox versus Mance Warner this past week. Now, okay, like, but, like, I just don't think, like, just to put Mox on television, you're just going to bring an outsider on there for him to just, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like constantly every to week. It's like, oh, oh, the brand, oh, here's Madison Rain. Oh, here's, or here's all these, like, oh, here's, um, the, the Silas Young, the guy from Ring of Honor. Like, dude, like, why don't you just utilize more talent on the roster that aren't being used? Like, I'm just, that's my biggest problem, too. Man, Mance Warner versus Mox. I don't I don't know where they were this past week. But, man, that, to me, that match should have happened, like, in Atlantic City or something. Because that crowd would have been all over that match. GCW chance going fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, that would have been the perfect match to have, like, in Atlantic City. Or, like, somewhere Stay out here in the GCW. East Coast, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mox is in GCW. Save that for GCW. That doesn't need to be on television. No, no disrespect to Mance Warner or anything like that. But it's just like, I just, again, it just pisses me off when they bring in these outsiders. And I'm like, oh, oh, and all of a sudden, too, he's in a world championship eliminator match. Whatever the fuck that even means, okay? I assume if he wins, he gets a world title match. I assume that's what it means. But, bro, how? How? It's just not interesting to me. I'm sorry. And again, I probably sound like like such a you know grump complaining about this shit because I do enjoy wrestling for what it is. But I just you know there's so many other guys and girls on AEW like on the roster that right. aren't being used, and you're constantly bringing in these Mance Warners that I, I'm sorry nobody cares about. Nobody cares about. Them. Give me yeah. that match at a GCW show, then I'm invested in it. Yes, Don't give it yeah, to me exactly. on a people rampant. know who he is on GCW. That's the thing. So, I don't know. I do get the whole outsiders thing. And, like, even, for example, and I and I know for a backstage aspect, I'm sure she's going to be a great asset. But they hired Madison Ray, okay? Yeah. Which, for a backstage role, I think she's going to sure. do well. I don't, I don't need to see her. That's fine. But <laughs> they're now putting her in a match. And I know it's going to just be for another win for, to, for Jay Cargill to add to the list. But, like, don't you think we could like kind of build to like a story or something and not necessarily use Madison Rain? Let's use someone Thank else. Yeah, yeah, just have her I come mean, out. <laughs> it was crazy. Go. Yeah. Dude, no disrespect to Madison Rain. Okay. Like, fine. I used to watch her back in the day in TNA. Like, no disrespect. She's got a lot of uh, knowledge. She's been around, you know, before. Great coach. And if she wants to wrestle, that's fine. She wants to be in the women's vision. That's totally cool with me. I don't care. But yeah, does anybody think she's going to take the belt off of Jade? 
They're, they have not built anybody. It looked like they were possibly building Chris Statlander to be the next challenger for Jade. Hell, even Athena. When is she getting her shot? You know? I, when was the last time we saw Athena this. and Chris Statlander? Right. I don't understand this, bro. Like, there's literally nobody on the roster that is going to take down Jade Cargill in my eyes anytime soon. I just don't know why they're not building more challengers. Also, too, let's look on the other side of the women's division. Looks like Britt Baker is going to be getting a- another shot at Thunder Rosa, probably at All Out. Dude, I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want to see that again. No disrespect. I like Britt Baker. I think she's great, but she's reaching Charlotte levels for me, where it's like she's always in these big title matches. She's being pushed way more than she should. She won the Owen Cup when I don't think she even should have. Like, dude, like, enough with Britt Baker. Can we push anybody else? Any other woman? Can we push Ruby Soho you know, a little bit? Maybe you know get what I would like? Eddie Kingston feud? You know what like, I would like? We need a little, because I love Thunder Rosa. She's one of my favorite women's wrestlers right now, but I'm going to be honest, her women's title run right now has not been the great, okay? Nope. I think think what they should do is, and this might be an unpopular opinion, I think for All Out, you give me a multi-woman match for that women's title, whether it's like a six-way or four-way. I don't care what. However, give me that. I think that would do wonders for not only – Thunder Rose's title run, or she try, or she drops it. I don't know, but just overall the division, spice it up a little bit. Give me like a, give me something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even if they want to do Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, Brett Baker, triple threat at all out. Yeah, cool. I'm fine with it. I just don't need to see one on one Brett Baker versus Thunder Rosa again. Like I just, why are you going back to the well constantly? Like you can't build up anybody else. This is what WWE's problem was for years. Is they can't build anybody else up. So it's always the same people like Charlotte constantly in, in title matches. Now AEW is doing the same thing. Listen, I don't want to sit here and just complain and complain about AEW all day long. Cause I mean, we don't actually do that enough. We really don't complain about them, but I'm kind of like getting to the point where I'm just like, Jesus, like they are really starting to grind my gears with certain things. Like I just, they have such a stacked freaking roster. I mean, you look up and down that that list of talent that they have, and it's just like I thought when they got Rampage, they were going to utilize more talent on that show. But no, here we are. We're, we're still we're bringing in the Mance Warners. We're doing these stupid freaking Matt bro. Ryan Nemeth wrestled on on Rampage this past week, bro, against Takeshita. Bro, I mean, re, I mean, listen, I know you want to put somebody in there for Takeshita squash, but Ryan Nemeth, bro, I don't even know why that guy's even hired. Like, why is because he even have a job brother. with the company? Like, bro, it's it's like, just, we don't have, strange. we can't have Dolph Ziggler, about. so let's hire his brother, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yo, Takeshita, man, that dude's gonna be like a future Okada, Tanahashi, Ibushi. Yeah, he's he's gonna be like that level of a star, bro. I, I see. Yeah. I think within the next five years, this guy's gonna be on the Tokyo Dome main event. Yeah, yeah, he should. He's he's really, um, you know, made a lot of new fans he's so from great. his appearances on AEW. He's he's so he's, good. he's really good. And the Indies too. And the indies too. Yeah, yeah. Well, because because of AEW, yeah. I think he's getting booked on more indies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going back to Japan now. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's he made the most of his opportunity here in the U.S. and really made a name for himself. So so good for him. And and it's great too. Again, like showcasing a guy like that who's really super talented. And if you want to eventually make him into you know a top star, if you if AEW signs him and they want to make him like their big Japanese star, like that's great. But again, like he was being featured more on Dynamites and Rampage than like some of the guys who were under contract right. there. And that's also my problem, too, is you constantly showcasing these people that happened with Daniel Garcia in the beginning, too. 
before they signed Daniel Garcia. This dude's in like every main event. He's like had I think he's got the most main he events. He does. I mean, bro. And again, I like Daniel Garcia, but he is the one with the most main events. Like, bro, that's crazy. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they need to start utilizing more of their talent they have on the roster. And if you don't want to utilize them, just release them. Just get rid of them. Instead of constantly bringing in outsiders that are just going to leapfrog over some of these men and women that are that have been there that aren't getting opportunities. Yeah, man. Um, and then if you want to even throw the, like, in the Ring of Honor conversation into this, too, it's like, you know, you kind of have an influx of talent kind of balancing two promotions, right? And I know Ring of Honor doesn't have TV. I understand that. But, you know, you look at the shit that came out with Jonathan Grisham, it's like, you know, while we're all happy for Claudio being a world champion finally, at the same time, in my opinion, I feel I feel bad for Grisham too because it's like this guy was like the flame of Ring of Honor that kept like the spirit of Ring of Honor alive before we didn't know anything that was going to happen to Ring of Honor. And like, if you would have kind of just like, I don't know, like... First of all, I thought the, the the Claudio and Grisha match was like a little bit too short of my liking. Like it should have felt like a bigger deal, Claudio getting this win. And I, I'm not saying that it was a wrong uh, move to put the championship on Claudio. I'm not saying that. I think the right move was to put the title on Claudio. But I understand. I could see kind of where Grisham is coming from as well. Where it's like, yo, I was I was Ring of Honor for the last couple of months, and yes, I understand you bought the company, but at least give me that respect. You know, and I don't know if you watched the pay-per-view or not, but the second that Christian came out, I knew something was off. I knew that he was going to drop the title and something else was going on because just even his look, he didn't have his mask. He didn't have his trench coat. Something seemed off. He wasn't trying. Now it seemed and now it seemed fast forward to like Ric Flair's last match that we got last week. You know, it seemed like maybe he's not going to retire. He's going to still linger, maybe do some indies. I don't know what's going on with his Ring of Honor AEW deal. I'm not sure what's going on there. But it would be a shame to see this guy retire just because of, you know, his feelings with the direction of Ring of Honor or of the handling, of, I guess, of him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the biggest Jonathan Gresham fan. I think he's really talented. Um, but I do feel for him. Yeah, totally, 100%. I mean, he put his heart and soul into Ring of Honor, especially, you know, when they uh, went out of business. And he was really defending the Ring of Honor title around the world and stuff. Like, he uh, – you know, he was the man. He was the top dog. He was the guy there. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are going to pick on him because of how short he is. I right, always right. hated that that shit. You know, people right. picking on Adam Cole for the same reasons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I do it, I do feel bad. It, it does suck. It's a really shitty situation. And this was my fear with Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor. Everybody was so excited about it. And, hey, listen, without him buying Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor wouldn't even be a thing today. I mean, right. let's be honest. He saved the company. Well, whatever it is, it's a thing, though. <laughs> Yeah, whatever it is, it's it's alive for right. you know whatever it's going to end up being. Um, but you know, without Tony Khan, it wouldn't be what it is. Um, but I just I was really just nervous that you know Tony Khan was going to kind of go in there and piss a lot of people off, like a lot of the Ring of Honor diehards and the people that have been there from day one. He was going to come in and really just piss piss a lot of people off with his you know creative decisions and certain directions that he wants to go in, and we're. We, basically are seeing the first example of it right here with Jonathan Gresham. Right. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. And yeah, as I, like I said, I'm not a big fan of him, but I don't right. want him to retire at all. Right. You know, right, I mean, right. I'd never want to see that happen over something stupid like this, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's a shame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, who knows what his situation is going to end up being. Maybe he goes to impact uh, with his wife, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, I guess i or maybe they smooth things over eventually. Right. You know, Hopefully right. He comes That's back to ring of honor. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, 
the way that Tony Khan just basically came in and, uh, you know, or actually I should say the way Claudio just came waltzing through the doors and Tony Khan's basically giving this guy have the key to the castle already. And, hey, listen, I, I'm happy for Claudio. Right, I think we right, 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 right. But I just right. think it was a little too soon for him to capture this title. And, you know, it, sounds it is like what it McMahon. is. But... What was that, Leo? I said it sounds like McMahon. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like McMahon just with like just you know the same but different. Same, yeah, same thing but different. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, um, some other stuff on AEW. Yo, Ricky Starks, bro. So like, Team Taz is no more. Team FTW is no more. We got to turn from uh, powerhouse. Well, first of all, we had Starks defend his FTW championship um, against Dan Housen, beat him, and then Hook challenge him and. That was a great showcase. This was a short match, but it was just such a great short a showcase. And Hook being FTW champion kind of makes sense, right? But yeah. like Ricky Starks, man, this guy, this guy's a star. I always knew he was a star. I liked him back when he was in the NWA. He just has it. And, you know, especially with like the uncertainty of what's going on with MJF or whatever, I feel in my opinion, Ricky Starks has kind of slid into like, he kind of made his own pillared. You know, um, I feel like he's a future of AEW and he could be a future TNT champion, a future, um, you know, Atlantic champion, fucking world champion. I think he could be all that. I think he has the it factor to be a top guy for not just an AEW, but I think for any company. I think that's how good Ricky Starks is. And seeing Hobbs, you know, just straight destroy um, Ricky, man, that that's just adds more. It adds heat to Hobbs, but also you have more sympathy for Ricky Starks. Yeah, yeah, the whole that whole thing was perfect from, you know, his match with Dan Housen to the open challenge to Hook coming out to a huge pop to him winning and got a huge pop to, uh, you know, the turn. I think that whole entire thing was absolutely perfect the way they did it. And, yeah, I'm a big Ricky guy, man. I think this dude really has the it factor and he could be a big freaking deal if given the opportunity, you know, just let him go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, he's going to be feuding with Hobbs for a little bit. Which, that's you know, that's that probably dude, a match that we're going to get all out. Yeah, I would assume so, which is fine. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, you know, Ricky, man, strap the rocket to that guy. I'm not saying throw the world title on him, but, man, have him just climb the ranks up the card. I mean, have him go through, like, you know, the Sammy Guevara route where it's like yeah. Sammy had a lot of big-time matches. Mm-hmm. He shined in every single one of those big matches, and he had big moment after big moment after big moment, finally captured the TNT title, had a good run with that, ended up winning it, like, three times total, and, uh, you know, Sammy Guevara established himself as a big star in AEW without actually winning the world championship. Right. That's exactly the route I want to see Ricky Stark to win as well. Where he establishes himself as a top dog, again, without winning the world title. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this guy, this is the guy you hold on to for a long time. This is the guy who could be the face of any company that he's in. I think he's outstanding. I really do. Uh, one last thing on AEW that I want to talk about, and that's um... – Jericho had a match with Wheeler Yuta. I thought the match was really good. And we're going to get, like, the return of, like, the Lionheart Chris Jericho um, versus John Moxley uh, next week at, what do they call it, the Quake at the Lake, I think? Quake at the Lake. Yeah, that's what they're calling it. Another gimmick. Name. Yeah, another <laughs> gimmick. Uh, you know, another gimmick situation for AEW. But that, but, I thought that's what we wanted. Sorry. Hey, hey listen. It, it's it's a something. Big, it's something. It's a, yeah, like, next week's card, uh, you know, it's a bit. It's a big show, I guess. Big show, you know, Uncle Big. Um, you know, that's cool. You know, they're building to a big show. Sure, you know, Quake by by the Lake. Sure. 
um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to see Jericho's appearance because he was teasing on Twitter that he might use like a different theme that he used back in the day, and also is he gonna go back to like the old school Lionheart tights with like the leather vest? I'm curious to see if we're gonna get that presentation of Jericho. I'm sure he's gonna go all out and do, uh, you know, just a classic, you know, Jericho throwback. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I want to see him. Like do some of the shit that he used to do like in his early days where when he would do the pin he would be like come on baby and do like the yeah. like you know like just like show off his muscle i want to see that jericho you know what i'm saying yeah yeah totally it's been a while yeah, yeah. i mean uh that, that should be a good match next week you know i mean listen i i haven't really been um that into chris jericho lately you know with with, with some of his matches i just i don't know i i think i'm at the point where i've, I've seen enough chris jericho matches you know um but you know it, it's like I said, he keeps reinventing himself, and uh, you know, Mox wanted the Lionheart, so I'm curious to see what he brings back next week. You know, you know, he's going to go all out, mm -hmm. and the match will deliver. Right. Um, but I, I'm just happy this match isn't happening at all out because I don't need to see Jericho what? challenging for the world title at, at a pay per view. Speaking of that, though, I'm surprised that we're getting the Lucha Brothers versus Rush and Andrade next week, and not at all out. I thought that match was sure thing for all out. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's especially because it's like they're all Mexicans, right? And whoa, whoa. no, they're all Mexicans. They're big, you know, big luchadores, and we're go and we're going to Chicago for all out, right? That has like a very Mexican demographic, okay? Yeah, like we heard it last year. Like, listen, you were there live when the Lucha Brothers came out. The roof yeah. fucking blew off at the at the Now Arena, okay? Because yeah, yeah. it's like they're big on lucha libre. They're big on you know mexican culture is big out in chicago i thought that match was a sure thing for all out unless they're gonna take it somewhere else for all out maybe Pac comes back and you get like death triangle versus i don't know an, a version of you know los ingobernables i don't know i don't know okay. I, I honestly don't know maybe they get dragon lee and we get a three on three i, I don't know but i just find yeah. it odd that we're not getting this match at all out yeah no it's a good point i really didn't think about it until now either Listen, like you said, I don't know. I don't know what they have plans for All Out. Literally, in, in any, we like... We don't know shit about All Out, okay? We're, we're All Out on All Out. All Out, yeah. All Out of Ideas, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> 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 ah, even, that's the name of the show. Sorry. Even Swerve and and, uh, and Keith Lee, man, like, they haven't even really appeared. Like, Listen, they haven't it, even, like, done anything with that. Oh, yeah, and here's another thing that can oh, vary AEW. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. I know, I know where Ryan's going to go, too. The All-Atlantic Championship? That's where I'm going oh, for. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if that's what you're thinking. What is the freaking point of this title? Why does it exist? Bro, we have not seen this title on TV one time because Pac's holding it. He's in the UK or whatever. He can't travel here. It's too much of a hassle. He don't live here, whatever. That's maybe why they threw the belt on him. Now he now he's defending it all over the world against these guys that nobody even knows about, and they're throwing the match on AEW Dark. Bro, who gives a shit? Why is this an official title in AEW? Is this ever going to be something that's actually on AEW TV? Or is this something that you got to go go watch on your local indie promotion and you got to see th this title being defended? Like, what is the point of this belt? To defend it overseas? What is the point of that? I just don't understand it. I just don't get it. We have not seen anything. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I've been a little bit out of the loop. and I, I tend to skim through Dynamite because yeah. I have not actually gotten a chance to watch it live in a few weeks. But have we even gotten promos from Pac on the show with this belt? Ever since he won it at the Forbidden Door, we have not even really heard anything about it. Just that the match that he has against these randos overseas, it's just going to end up on, on dark Listen, that nobody watches in the first place. 
I think, what is the point? I think ultimately this is going to lead to an interim AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Oh, okay? right. Yeah, because they love throwing that. Then <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen, Ryan. I know. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. I thought you were going to go a different direction because when you mentioned Swerve and, and Keith Lee, I thought you were going to go on a rant on how on Rampage they faced um, Tony Nese and Josh Woods, which nobody gave a shit about. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, boy. Josh <laughs> Woods. The goods. Oh, oh, my God. Like, DC, like, that's the thing. Like, Tony Nese and Josh Woods. First of all, Tony Nese, huge geek in AEW, bro. Huge nerd. Huge, just complete loser, bro. And I love Tony Nese. He's a smiling guy. What a huge jobber he is with smart Mark Sterling. What a freaking joke. Josh Woods, bro. Just let him go. Just let him go, Mario. I just uh, listen. I uh, yeah. I mean, let, let that, me rank. I, we, no, we usually sit here. Listen, no, wait, 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 Ryan. Wait. It gets better. That was the main event of Rampage this past week. Yeah. That was the main event. Oh my lord, Jesus, God Almighty! This is why I don't watch Rampage, nor do I have it on uh, a listing to record on my DVR because I just don't give a shit about freaking Rampage every single week. It's just not good. It's it. I don't. I don't know how anybody can care about any of these matches at all. Ever. Okay, so let me let me jump in here and try to soften this up just a, just a no, little tad bit. Don't open it up. Please, please okay. Do. So I skimmed through Rampage, right? And like I said, I don't watch Rampage to week to week. I kind of sometimes have it as background noise. I did watch the Moxley and Mance Warner match. I thought that match was really really good. But to your point, this is, give me this match at GCW. I don't need to see this on Rampage. Give the spotlight to your other talent that you have contracted. Okay. Yep. Now, on the flip side of that, you kind of do that with you kind of did that with Lee Swerve versus Josh Woods and Tony Nese. But here's the thing: nobody gives a shit about this smart Mark Sterling Tony Nese feud with Lee and Swerve. They just won the championships, right? How about you give me some matches with some credible tag teams that we actually give a shit about? Right. Not right. Woods and Nice. All I heard, bro, when AEW started was this tag division is insane. Oh, my. The, the tag team wrestling, people are going nuts. Bro, they flopped this tag team division. It's a complete flop because, yeah, Kenny and Hangman, they were great champions, but those were two singles guys thrown together that literally took over the tag titles for half a year. Then you had, you know, um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't know how, what, what order the, you know, who won the tag titles were, but you had them on the young bucks, you had them on the Lucha bros. That was fine. You had them on dress express. That's good. But like, dude, like, I just feel like they need to bring the tag division back to, you know, a little something. bit more relevance. Like dude, FTR, should have these tag belts or they should be getting an opportunity at these tag belts. I don't know why Swerve and Keith Lee have them. I have no clue. The Young Bucks, the God, they 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 took them off the Young Bucks because I'm sure they're gonna be in the, the trios tournament. So that makes sense. But like again, you have tag teams that you're just not utilizing. And then you have Tony Nice and Josh Woods, they're a tag team since when? Like I don't understand. Like is this something that's going on on not dark? E because not bro, even that, but like Listen, and this is no disrespect to the talent, but nobody gives a shit about Tony Nese and Josh Woods. <laughs> no, Except for absolutely Tony not. And what, what was that? What, what was that, Leo? Except for Tony Khan. This is not like <laughs> this is not like the acclaim where you grab Max Caster and my guy, um, Max Caster, and what's the dude's name? Uh, Bowens. Bowens, Anthony Bowens. You put them together and it worked, right? 
It was a it was two guys from the Indies. You put them together, and boom, you created Golden. Okay, that's fine. Claim is great. Uh, look, they, they they get. I feel like I, I feel like I see them getting spotlighted every week, which is a good thing, right? It's good. Yeah, but, it's not involved in the tag title picture, but, 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 but you, know. you know they they're getting spotlighted. But like nobody gives a shit about Woods and fucking Tony Nese. Why that's are you having? Thing. Why do you have these two random guys feuding with your tag champions? Right, you really have nothing else for the tag champs to do. You like, you have nothing else. You have nobody else better to feud with the tag champs. Like, bro, I would even take the ass boys feuding with them because at least they're a legit tag team unit. You know, and, I mean, like for and, God's sake, like they just, like I said, they just, I, it just doesn't make sense. And I'm sure these, I'm sure, like, like you said, Mance Warner and Mox, it was a good match. I'm sure it was. That's not like why I'm complaining here. Like, the give me that bad, at GCW. It doesn't matter if the match is great or if it's it sucks. It doesn't matter. You're the fact of the matter is you're bringing in these guys that nobody cares about or knows. And there was a video. I don't I don't know if you saw it. I, I should send it to you. Um, it's like a TikTok of this guy going off on um, you know the decision to bring in Mance Warner. He's like, who in the holy hell is Mance Warner? He's like, and don't tell me that I gotta watch indie wrestling to know who this guy is. I got a job. I got three kids. Like, I don't have time to go on that. He went on this huge rant, and I'm like, wow, I actually agree with this guy. Like, I know who Mance Warner is, but yeah, you can't expect the entire AEW audience to watch independent wrestling right. and just accept yeah. these guys no, when you're right. bringing them in. No, you you right. just can't. And That's, it's just AEW is that... never going to become right. as mainstream as it should if you're constantly bringing these randos in that nobody knows about, nobody cares about, nobody's ever heard of. There's got to be an even balance when it comes to, like, wrestling in general, right? And that's the difference between WWE and AEW, okay? WWE is a sports entertainment show with wrestling in it, okay? AEW is a wrestling show with some sports entertainment in it. But the problem with AEW is they're not focusing always on their contracted talent, and they keep on bringing outside talent and I get it. I'm all for the boys and girls getting an extra payday. I'm all for that. But when, especially when you're getting spotlighted, like on a rampage or on a dynamite, maybe it's not a good idea to do that. Right, right. That's my biggest problem with AEW. That's like the one thing that just irks me the most is like they have such a bloated roster. It's literally bloated. Right. And they're right. still bringing outsiders in. And again, if it's like former WWE talent that they're signing, yeah, I mean that still bothers me because like, how many more are you gonna possibly sign? All of but them. like, okay, like you you're bringing in like you know a released person, you know like I don't know who's the last WWE guy that they brought in, you know ex guy, I don't know. But you know, Claudio. you take Lee Swerve for example, they brought him in, they signed him. That's different than bringing in a Mance Warner or a Josh Woods who are not even signed. They're just getting paid for the appearance. And, like, they're taking up a match on, you know, one of AEW's weekly shows mm -hmm. each week. Like, I'm just I'm just tired of it. I'm just over it. And, like I said, like, I I know who these guys are. I know who Josh Woods is. I know who Mance Warner is. But the majority of the audience doesn't know. And I don't care about these guys as much as AEW and Tony Khan thinks I should care about these guys when they're featured on television. All right. Let's, let's transition to... Um... Because we're on the topic of Mance Warner, so I do want to bring this up. So let's transition to uh, the night after SummerSlam. We had the Ric Flair's last match mm -hmm. show, okay? 
Listen, the show, overall, I thought the show was good, okay? It kind of had, like, an old-school feel. It also had, like, a little bit of an all-in feel because you had, like, all these different promotions working together, AEW, Impact. You can even throw WWE in there with Jeff Jarrett of it all and then some of the, the, the people that were in the crowd, like Taker, McFoley, Bret Hart. Uh, I believe Impact was doing, like, handling the production side of things from what... DDP uh, was there, too. DDP was there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you had M- MLW representation. You had New Japan representation. You had AAA representation. So you really had, like, this all-in feel, okay? Overall, the show was good. I think my favorite match of the night was the the AAA match, which was Bandito, Bandito Dorus, uh, Ray Phoenix, and... Um, who was the other? A Laredo Kid. That was it. Was a four way. To me, that was my favorite match of the night. Now the main event, you had <laughs> Grand Puffnik. You had Jay Lethal and Jarrett, okay, versus Andrade and Ric Flair. Now, <sighs> props. To, listen, props to everyone for the match, okay? Jay Lethal and Andrade, Andrade and Jeff Jarrett work their fucking ass off. And listen, I popped huge listening to Jeff Jarrett's theme song. I pop every time I hear his theme song. The, the siren, yeah. yeah. I pop every single time. Listen, the heat this guy got when he came out, bro. Like, yo, people in the crowd wanted to fight this guy. Okay? Rick Flair... Did a good come, job in the builds, you know? Listen, when Ric Flair came out and he was just struggling, just taking his robe off, <laughs> I instantly knew that this match was going to be a big... Congratulations, you played yourself. It was a rough watch. And not necessarily from the other guys. It was just Ric Flair in general. And I get it. You know, the Ric Flair apologists, the big Ric Flair fans are going to be like, well, that's what he wanted to do, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. But, man, when this guy, when I tell you this guy was gassed out, he was struggling to move. My man was bleeding. My man, I thought this guy was really going to die in this ring. And there's this, and if I think Leo's gonna uh, post it up right now, I did a post of Taker's facial reactions, looking at Ric Flair busted up and shit. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I find this very ironic because this is how we all looked at Undertaker after WrestleMania 30 and every match he had after that, where Taker just <laughs> right. did yeah, not yeah, look yeah, good. Right. So I find very, I find that very ironic how Taker's looking at Flair like this and like, fam, we've been looking at you, all your fucking recent matches the same way. Yeah, yeah. Taker's probably watching that. Like, God, this is really what I looked like all these all these years. Shit, I really should have retired a lot sooner. Yeah, that is that is freaking ironic. Oh I my goodness! Stopped. Hey, listen, Mario. God bless you for actually paying your hard earned money. Crap. Oh the way was that shit. a was that a low key? Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> you played yourself. Listen, God bless you, man, because I don't know, bro. I looked at this show as just a complete joke. And, hey, like, the, the whole entire show, like, um, you know, looked pretty decent. It had a lot of great talent on it. I feel like everybody but was listen, on the Listen, the undercard, here's the thing. The undercard leading to the main event, removing the main event from the from the, the conversation. Yeah. The undercard was really good. Yeah. Um, I w- this, this one, one of the things that, that, that stood out to me was the Brian Pillman and um, – Brock Anderson match versus uh Ricky Morin and his son. Yeah, that's the really presentation cool. of Brian Pillman was like out of this world, was better than anything he's done in AEW. I'm like, give me this Brian Pillman on AEW. Like, I don't example. need to like 
give me example. this give me this version of Brian Pillman, the Pillman that we saw for this Ric Flair's last match show. Give me this version of Brian Pillman cuz Brian Pillman, when you look at him, you're like, "Yo, this guy could be a single star. This guy has it, okay?" Even going back to his MLW stuff uh, stuff with the Heart Foundation, you know, with um Teddy Hart and, and uh Harry Smith, the stuff that he did there stood out for Brian Pillman. If you give me this version of Brian Pillman in AEW, my God, that's a star waiting to happen. But you give me the 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 what do you call them? The the with Griff Carrison, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, or the, the Varsity Blondes. The Varsity yeah. Blondes. It's just not. It's not hitting, bro. Listen, it. it's not it. Give me the the Brian Pillman I saw for this show. I want this version of Brian Pillman every single week on AEW. Dude, I forgot the Varsity Blondes even existed. Literally, we have not seen them on AEW television in so long. And these two guys, what's the other guy's name? Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison. He was really good, too. When he was had those uh, those singles matches against, I think he had one with Malachi. Dude, he was very impressive. Why, could, why can't these two guys be featured more? If you want John Moxley on the show, on Rampage, you know, instead of Mance Warner, why don't you have him beat up on Griff Garrison? Why don't you give him an opportunity? Why don't you have Brian Pillman in there? Why don't you just I, – I understand you, Varsity Blondes. Yeah, they. I feel like I would need to see both these guys as singles instead of as a tag team. But, again, you need a tag team a feud with the tag champs for the meantime until you get to the pay-per-view. Why not throw the Varsity Blondes in there? Again, this is – I totally forgot about these two guys. Again, the roster is so bloated in AEW that you forget about guys like this. Hmm. I didn't even watch the Ric Flair show, so I don't know what the presentation of Brian Pillman was that you're talking about. But I assume in my mind that it's – how he should be presented in let AEW, me, based on me, everything you're saying, that's exactly how he should be was, on AEW television. Me, but nah, me, they're too busy bringing in Mance Warner and Josh the Goods Woods. They think that's more important. It was the closest version of his dad. That That's the best way to describe it. He looked, Freaking he awesome. had the four horsemen shirt. He had his fucking mullet all over the place. Hair's fucking beautiful, right? Because he has a beautiful set of locks. Had the shades going. Like, all this man needed was, like, a cigarette. And he, it's like, that's, that's all he fucking needed. I was like, yo, this guy looks like a fucking star. And I'm like, how come I don't... Brian, listen, think about this. You have the son of Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman Jr. on your roster. Yeah. And you're not giving me this presentation of the guy? At a one-off show, you got a better presentation than you've had for the past four years. And listen, and here's another thing, too. Him and Brock as a tag team was something. I was kind of intrigued by it with with Arn Anderson kind of you know being their manager. They they were playing heels, okay. They were doing like they were they were doing like cheating stuff in the match. Like I think they even cheated to even get the win, and they got some heat. And Brian Pillman was like being like a cocky son of a bitch about it or whatever, you know, talking smack to the crowd. Like give me that version of Brian Pillman. Dude, it's literally gonna take him to break out in other places like this for like AEW to realize what they have in him I feel like at this point. And again, you have him under contract. I don't I don't remember when they when they signed him, but like bro, you're literally wasting his entire contract and doing nothing with him. Here's another hot take. I think Pillman should have been part of the Owen Hart tournament and if he didn't win yeah. the whole thing, he should have been in the final. Yeah. That exa exactly. And honestly like you sh yeah, that tournament would have been a great spot for somebody like him to break out in. Especially him. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, he, he literally faced MJF at Grand Slam last year in a big showcase match. Hmm. That was a big spot for him. And then after and that, since, nothing. After that, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. 
That's it's it's a real shame. And again, this is my problem with AEW. And even the biggest AEW fans, me, you, yeah, anybody else who's listening to us who's a dire AEW fan, you can't even defend this. You everything we're saying, you can't even say that we're wrong here. You, you, it's just, it's just how it is. And, and this is not, and this is not an us versus them. This is not tribalism or nothing. But we got to call bullshit. But listen, I still get excited every single week for AEW Dynamite. Yeah, okay, me, that, that, yeah. that, that, But we're also not going to be blinded, all right? If we're going to call bullshit on other companies, we've done it for New Japan. We've obviously done it for WWE. We also got to call bullshit on AEW. And to me, Brian Pill, maybe because... Maybe I'm a little bit biased because I'm like I'm such a fan of Brian Pillman, not only as a wrestler but as a person. But I'm like I just looked at the presentation that I saw from Ric Flair's last match, and I'm like, my God, why can't I get that in AEW? It's frustrating, man. It is. It's very frustrating. And like I said, it's not something you really expected from AEW. You know, mm-hmm. you thought Tony Khan would book these guys right, and he would see the potential in them, and. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's 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 it really is a shame. I I think it's literally gonna eventually be where like he, I wouldn't say gets released, but you know his contract doesn't get renewed, and he goes out there on the Indies and absolutely freaking kills it, and you know then maybe some people will open up their eyes to to somebody like him. But do you know, you, yeah. Do you think that Tony Khan bit off more than he could chew? Like he was doing okay with AEW the second he started focusing now on Ring of Honor. Now he's basically split. Yeah, dude. I was. I don't want him – I was not really, like, in favor of him buying Ring of Honor in the first place. I, and that sounds terrible because, like I said, the more the more places to work, the better, you know. And I don't want to see – you know, I wanted Ring of Honor to be around because, again, you know, it's more places for people to go. But, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what I was afraid of. And it seems like he's promoted like, – like we were just talking about with Madison Rain getting the coaching job. You know, he promoted a couple of other people to, like, different roles. There you the go. Company, yeah, that's what there I was go. looking for. There you Hold go. On, that's a picture. Hold on. Hold on. So we're showing on on on. I don't know if you. Screen. It, yeah. So. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Look at look at how how look at how cool Pillman looks, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like he's got some. Like he just. Yeah, like that's a guy Swag. you look at on TV and you're like, whoa, who's this guy? Yeah. You know, he stands out. Yeah, he looks like an old school, like you know. Yeah. That's what he should be doing, bro. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, this is another cool picture with them. Yeah, that is a really cool picture too. Like the Hart Foundation. Yeah, yeah that that is a really cool picture too. Uh, it's a like I said, it, we're not we're not here like saying th- we still love AEW, but it's just like what the fuck, and that, man. And that's what you that's not TV. what I want to see Pillman look like. I don't want to see Pillman next to you know a, a fucking bigger version of Jungle Boy. That's not what I want to see. Jungle Boy on crack. Okay, go ahead, sir. All right, let's uh let's wrap up, dude. I just want to uh bring up one last thing. Yo, we finally got the announcement from GCW. We're getting the Art of War Games two, Chicago so weekend, bro. Nice. It's yeah. It's I so got dope. my I got my tickets for yeah, it. I got my ticket for it too. I'm excited, bro. I'm excited for this. I yeah. wonder what teams we're gonna get, and um, you know, just kind of to to listen. There was somewhat of a a GCW invasion during the the Conrad show, Ric Flair's last match during the Battle Royal, where mm-hmm. um. They kind of like let it at the GCW show on Friday where Nick Gage was giving shit to Conrad saying, how come there isn't no GCW representation at the show or whatever, right? Like they kind of cut an angle. And then we had the invasion in the Battle Royal. Mance Warner, GCW guy, wins the whole thing. I wonder, and I could be totally wrong with this, but I wonder if the Art of War Games match we're going to get is like a team GCW versus like a team like maybe outlaw led by like a bully ray or someone where like invaders now attack gcw and they kind of want their revenge interesting 
yeah, I mean, I don't really know what's going on too much in GCW these days, but I know next week's homecoming weekend, correct? Yes. So I feel like yeah. we're going to get some type of angle, which I yeah. will be there live. I, I feel like we're going to get some type of angle that's going to lead to the Art of War Games match. We have to. We have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I know GCW runs shows like every weekend, but I think that would be a big weekend to like start planting the seeds yeah. of like, you know, what the War Games match is potentially going to be. Because um, I was surprised when I saw them bringing it back. I was like, huh. I mean, again, I don't know, like, you know, better than me, but like, I can't even like, I, I, I follow GCW, you know, through social media and I'm just like, huh, I don't really see like any, anything going on mm -hmm. that would lead to war right. games, but right. I'm sure they're going to, you know, whip Make up something good. So I'm excited for it. It was, I've, you watched dude, it last dude, year. It was it, so much fun. Like I'm, one of the, one of my favorite, not even just GCW shows, but like one of my favorite indie shows that I've attended it, like you know, in a while. It was just so much fun, and I, I'm so glad to bring it back. Not only that, but listen, that War Games match is going to be very hard to top, okay? Cause yeah, of course. that so match, not only was it crazy, but, like, some of the spots that we got there, like, uh, I, I know there's some people that, that listen to us and watch us. They're not really into deathmatch wrestling like that, but there's this one part. I'll never forget it, and you could go at, at Lucha Outsiders. I have a clip on it where Alex Colon and Atticus Kogar on top of, like, this, like, you know, scaffold, scaffold type gimmick, and he does a not just a Spanish fly, but a spiral Spanish fly to the fucking ground. Glass shatters everywhere. That the the, the whole match, and then the, just the story going into it with like four four zero versus Nick Gage, like that whole story. It's gonna be very hard to top. I, I'm really curious to see what direction they go with it because there's gotta be like some, there's gotta be story to it, right? It just can't be like a random five guys or a random five guys with right, like no right. substance. I wonder. If they go with that direction, like I said, or maybe there's like a team Cardona, right? Where Matt Cardona wants to wreak havoc against GCW for like the disrespect that he gets. And maybe he just picks five guys since he's injured. He picks these five guys that are going to represent Cardona. I don't know. Maybe they go that direction. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, that, that, that all be intriguing to me. Like I said, I'm sure they got something in mind. I'm sure it's still going to be really good. Um, but yeah, so. I just feel like, you know, the whole entire build up, the story, the match itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it will be very hard to top, but I still expect like a top notch, like crazy, <laughs> know, it's freaking, okay. absolutely it's balls to the wall, insane deathmatch style right. war games. Like it's just, uh, at least, I mean, my goodness, if you're in town for all out, I mean, that's, that's going to be the place to be that Saturday night is, uh, the art of war games. And last year it was, it, you know, it's in the same arena that was in mm -hmm. last year mm -hmm. and uh, it was packed to the freaking max. And I can only imagine it's going to be the same exact thing this year. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be big. It's yeah. definitely going to be big. Definitely I'm, gonna I'm be looking big. forward to it. I can only imagine how it was live. Cause like I was losing my mind watching it like on fight TV. So just being there live, I'm sure like I'm, it's going to yeah. be like, well, next I, level. I've always wanted to, um, I've always wanted to see war games live. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen it? No, I never seen a war games live. Like the closest yeah. thing I've watched to war games is like, Lockdown, okay, lethal lockdown. That's like the, that's the closest thing. <laughs> that's like the closest thing I ever watched the war games. But like, this will be my first war games match. So it's pretty cool. And then it's like GCW, yeah. so it's like they have their own twist to it. So it's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I, that's like I said. I I always wanted to. We I got we got screwed out of um blood and guts when mm -hmm. uh you know in Jersey right. right before the pandemic. I had tickets to the AEW was, was going to be the war games. And then I've always wanted to go to NXT war games, but you know I. I went last year to the GCW one, and uh, yeah, I mean, listen, that's that's just as good as you know any yeah. War Games matches I've I've seen. Oh, so, absolutely, it was great. You know. It was a great match. I right, do. That's it, man. We I think we covered everything we needed to cover, bro. We 
We talked about how great WWE is, Triple H and company. <laughs> well, well, dude, are we living in like the uh, the <laughs> apocalypse, the upside down? Are we in the world? We're on the upside down, bro. It's the, it's the we multiverse. Are, we're, it's the multiverse. We are <laughs> the upside down right now, okay? We're talking about how good WWE is. What the hell? How <laughs> You just said, well, I feel like we need to like rip, like chop that off, like, we talked about how great WWE is. <laughs> Whoa, what? Like, what's we, wrong with us? We sh- listen, we great how, how great WWE is. SummerSlam was like one of the best pay per views this year. AEW oh, shit my. in the bed. What the hell are they doing oh, with Brian man. Pillman? Why are we seeing like? Why are we seeing jo- Josh Woods and Tony Nese in the main event of Rampage? We're shitting on AEW and praising WWE in this episode. Mark this down. This is an iconic episode. <laughs> one for the ages. Oh my god. Oh, god. Now nah, what a what a fun episode, and I'm just glad that you're here, bro. We could like distract you for a bit, you know. I love you, bro, and I'm just happy thank, that we thank could, you. I love we you could uh, crack you up it. a little bit and just make you laugh a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that would be the case too. And hey, listen, this is where pro wrestling too uh, comes in handy, definitely during times like this as well. It's like you always know it's always going to be there, and that's what I, I love about it. There's no off season. There's always shows every single weekend. You know, you know, Mondays and Fridays you're going to get WWE. Every Wednesday you're going to get AEW, and then on the weekends you got the indie stuff or you got pay per views. It's like you know. That's wrestling comes in handy in, in, in times like this. It's always there for you. So, uh, you know, it's cool. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right. At Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. I know I've been uh, really slacking on there. I've, I've been pretty quiet. Of course, things have been going on, but I'm going to try and get back on there, especially with All Out weekend coming up. I'm sure, uh, you know, I'll be posting a lot. You know, we'll be at War Games. So be a lot of good content that I'll try and post on there and, uh, you know, for All Out as well. And, yeah, just give it a follow. I know we're both gonna be on there, so we're both gonna be losing our minds on the phone. Oh my god, yeah, shit. you're gonna be on the Instagram. I'm gonna be on the Twitter. <laughs> that Dude, and it was oh like that god. last year, even though like I wasn't there live, but like I was just posting shit, like oh my god, moxing this and fucking this crazy spot just happened. It was just fucking insane, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Leo, give me your plugs in. Losradio.com. If you know anybody is looking to do a show or wants to do something like what we're doing, let them know. All right, you can follow me Simple. at Rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Next week, there will be no show, but I will be at GCW and AC, so make sure you follow us at all social media platforms, specifically my stories, because I try to be up close and personal as possible when it comes to a lot of the, the shenanigans that you get. At, not Just not every show, but specifically for GCW, because like GCW, you just never know what to expect. But I'll be there live. If you you want to both shows? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there all weekend. So, uh nice. So, you know, nice little escape, you know, for the weekend. Yeah. But, um, nice. but yeah, definitely follow us on there. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy. Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, LaMaskLab, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. That is it, people. Um, so, real quick... Um, yeah. Does anybody know, and dude, I don't know if I'm going to butcher your last name, Justin Bayard? Does anybody know who Justin Bayard is? B-A-I-R-D? Does anybody know who that is or no? I have him on uh, Facebook, I believe. Is he on the comments? Yeah, he's on the comments. Uh, he said something about collaborating. Uh, just send me a DM somewhere. Uh, send me a DM at Lucha Outsiders. And, Hell yeah. And yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, see, we'll see what's up. Um, Bringing the world together, one podcast at a time. Just, just the only thing I ask is, don't be a peckerhead. Because if you're, if you're a peckerhead, instantly, that's it. You're banned. That's it. It's over. That's with everyone. Listen, I love every listener we have. I love every follower we have on Lucha Outsiders on all social media platforms. But when it comes to wrestling fans, you guys are at times a little bit too 
much. We, 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 okay, I actually don't have him as a friend on, I don't think, on Facebook, so I can't claim him. But let's give, let's give him a shot. He's let's give him a shot, yeah. Juggernaut097 from YouTube, so we'll look into okay, it. Okay, yeah, send me, a, send, me a, send me a DM somewhere, bro. Uh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely reach out to you. Maybe not, maybe not right away, but I will not ignore you. Just send me a message, dude. Um, but yeah, dude, I think we, it's, we all know that wrestling fans can be too much at times. Yeah, I think I think we could all agree on that. Yeah. What happened, Leo? What happened? I'm uh, just saying. I don't, know if, I don't know if we can claim him. <laughs> hey, hey, let's just hope that he's a great guy. Yeah. All right, for Ryan Radar. Who we claim? All right, for the old man Leo. Who we claim? I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. <laughs> Keep Radar. Stay too sweet, guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.